Hello, welcome to Cats Got Your Tongue. This is a podcast in association with the charity Cats Protection. I'm your host, Adam Brown, and this is a podcast all about, yeah, you've guessed it, the wonderful world of cats. Uh, we've got celebrity guests on the podcast, we've got funny feline stories, and we'll also attempt to solve your cat dilemmas as well. Let's get into it. So I absolutely adore cats. I mean, let's face it, what's, what's not to love about cats? They're amazing. Uh, but there's lots that I don't actually know about cats as well, uh, which is why every week I'm joined by our cat expert, Nikki from Cats Protection. Hiya, Nikki. You all right? Hiya. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, been away on holiday. So, oh, uh, nice. Where have you been? I went to uh, Crete. Lovely. In Greece. Now, do you know why the, I picked Crete? I mean, obviously, because it's beautiful weather and it's a nice place and the food's amazing. But what's the other reason why I went to Crete? The cats. Yeah, but specifically, it's the Greek island with the, with the biggest cat population. Uh. So when I was like, well, you know, I've been saving up for a bit. I was like, right, where do I want to go on holiday? So I want to go to Greece. And I'm not joking. I actually Googled where in Greece has the most cats <laughs> and it came up Crete and I was like, well, I'm going there then, aren't I? Clearly. <laughs> so that, that's honestly, that was, I'm going to say about 80% of the reason why I chose to go there Lovely. and it did not disappoint because there was so many cats um, and I spent a lot of time with the cats, which, you know, when I said to my mates, oh, what do you want on holiday? And I was like, well, I'd spent so much time just stroking the cats and just like sitting with them and just like spending time with them. Literally like sometimes for hours and like I've got mates who are like, what, 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 why? And I'm like, that for me is the perfect way to unwind. It's the perfect holiday. Is that where all your photos are off by the way? Because when I go on holiday, I was just of the cats we met. <laughs> Literally. And then like I was sort of, my mum was like, have you got any pictures from your holiday? So I was showing, I was like, well, this one was at the harbour. And then there's a tortoise shell one that I'd see every night on the way to food. And she was like, all right, okay. So what else did you do? I was like, um, not much to be honest with you. But then it's weird because I was there for a week and you get like a little routine, don't you? And then you, I, I had like a little sort of round that I'd go on. <laughs> it sounds so sad. But I'd have like a little like circuit like that I'd have each night and it'd be like, right, I know there's a calico that waits there. And then there's a really, really cool black cat that waits over there. And then, and, and it just, oh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. One thing I noticed though, anyone listening, if they go somewhere on, on holiday, they may well see cats that are out on the street and they have like a little, like a little sort of cut, like a tip on their ear that's been cut out. Does that mean they've been neutered, spayed? What does it actually mean? So it's an international sign that the cat's been neutered. Um, so which is the same right. as being spayed, spayed or neutered. Right. Um, and so it's a really, really good sign because it means obviously that they're going to be much healthier as a result and that someone's actively like, you know, taking steps to look after them. So um, it's, done under anaesthetic whilst the cat's being neutered um so therefore you know and they gave them pain relief so it's absolutely fine but it's really good because it's for the cat's welfare because it means they're not going to be humanely trapped again to try and neuter them because we know that it's already been done so it's particularly important for females yeah well do you know what i'd say there was a vast majority of the cats that were there actually had that which is really nice to see that's so, really amazing yeah yeah and do you know what? I, the, the place where i went they seemed to really kind of look after the cats and like i think in greek culture they're really sort of revered as well so there was there was so many like people that actually they, they were kind of impressed that i would I, I took such an interest in the cats uh, and there's one bit where i was in a restaurant i was having like suvlaki and uh, a cat jumped up on the on the chair next to me and the, the owner was like, i'm so sorry sir and so i went 
oh no no this is what I want like that's what I came <laughs> I, for yeah this is perfect it's like he was like I can I, I can get the cat out I was like no like if you've got more let's bring them on like, <laughs> let's, let's get more let's get more cats around the table with me please uh, so yeah that was uh, that was my little uh, little break away uh, it was a break but certainly not a break from cats because that's not a break that I'd be interested in. Uh, so, of course, Nikki, you're going to be here uh, to answer any questions that, you know, anyone might have. As I said, if you do want to get in touch, you can pod at cats.org.uk. Uh, we're going to be going through uh, our cat's tales a little bit later on as well, uh, which, as I said, funny stories, cat-related dilemmas, anything that, you know, you want to ask about the world of cats, which uh, Nikki might be able to answer for you as well. Uh, we'll go through them a little bit later on with our very special guest. Talking of which, let's find out who's on the episode this week. So each week on Cats Got Your Tongue, I'll be joined by a guest who loves cats just as much as me, and today is no exception. My guest makes groundbreaking TV documentaries and recently presented 10 Years Younger in 10 Days. You'll also will have seen her alongside Greg Wallace on Inside the Factory. Let's say a huge Cats Got Your Tongue hello to Cherry Healy. How are you? I am beside myself with excitement to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, you're very, very welcome. Uh, so I tell you, you're very excited about talking about cats today. Yeah, well, there's a couple of rules when it comes to being a good human being. No one wants to see pictures of your cats or children. They'll look at one out of politeness, but then you've got to put your phone away, Susan. Like, that's the rule. But the reality is I want to show them all of the pictures of them in a basket outside with the t- and talk about them because they do, they have real personalities but I'm very careful about not coming across as crazy cat lady I'm single and at one point I had three cats and I just think that's too many for a single woman well the thing is Cherry you are in the perfect place on this podcast to speak about your cats as much as you want and not only can you do that it'll be actively encouraged so you know feel free to tell us all about it so I think a good place to start will be um is to tell us about your sort of current cat situation Okay, well, my current cat situation has recently changed. So I'm gonna outline the, 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 the main situation. So I have got two amazing, huge, regal, gorgeous Maine Coons. One enormous black Maine Coon that's the size of a Labrador with very weird energy. His name is Business Time. And he is like a weird energy vortex. He's a weird cat. He's got a weird personality, but in a kind of lovely, he's very cool. And then I've got this beautiful, oh, stunning. Her hair blows in the wind, pointy ears, that funny snout. And she's called House Party. And she could in fact be the love of my life. She gets into bed and spoons me in the morning with her paws on my face. She is the most, I mean, she's definitely my soulmate, which is sort of sad and beautiful all at the same time. And, and when I went to get her, the lady said, you really don't want that one. You really don't. She's completely bonkers. She's, and I just knew that she was the one and she hasn't been bonkers. She's been an absolute delight. We have a cat that we've had for a long time that looks like she wants to kill you in your sleep. She has got the face of disdain, contempt, loathing i think unfortunately it's just her expression but her energy is also like a sack of potatoes so the two combined is quite sinister so she sits at the glass door she doesn't want to come in she sits at the glass door outside looking in and stares at you (laughs) she's really i mean my daughter loves her but she is she's just kind of there and that's my cat situation before we just crack on can we just talk about the names yes <laughs> i mean i know you said that you that one of your cats is called business time and he's very cool i mean with a name like that 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds like a like a, a nickname for a basketball player or something. Like, I can imagine Michael Jordan, his nickname. Is it anything to do with Flight of the Concords? Exactly. Yeah. Good spot. Yay! Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, It's right, such a yeah. great song. <laughs> it's business time. My kids think it's really boring. They're like, why would you call it business time? That's a really boring name. And I was like, you'll see. It's Wednesday. You'll see. Yeah, for a second, I just <laughs> thought he was just like, yeah, he just means business. Yeah, yeah. But I, I get it now. Yeah. He does. But now, you know, in a kind of, but he means business. He's almost like he should be a hedge fund manager in the city in a flash suit. But at the weekends, you know, he wears his, gets into his uh, Porsche 911 and off he goes, right? Very cool. uh, so how old are your cats then, Cherry? My main Coons are th four years old, three or four years old. And Ruby, the one who looks like she wants to murder you, she's, she's probably nine. Yeah. I would say. By the way, great name for a cat because my cat's called Ruby as well. Great name, my kids. It's such a great cat name, isn't it? As great well. Great cat name. It just is that because she just is so evil. She, I just think she oh. should be called something like Satan, but she's not. She's called Ruby, which right. is sweet. Do you know, I was about. Do you know? I was about to finish that sentence for you then when you went because she's so precious. I thought you were going to say <laughs> that that she was called Ruby, but that must be must be my cat. Um, but no, it's a great, great name for a cat. Um, so. Obviously, we know a little bit about the personalities um, and that's your current cat situation. So have you always been a cat lover? Because I got into cats relatively late on in my life. Like I've only had a cat like three years, but got one. I've gone all, I've got, I've got one cat, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I've gone all in, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like to an obsessive level now. So Why? I'm making up for lost time. Why have cats caught your heart? I genuinely, when I got my cat, it changed my life completely. Made me uh, a better person. I don't know, just something, I've not got any children. I think I think that having something to look after and maybe more empathetic and more sensitive and- It does, and they're inconvenient. And I, you know, animals, children, family, they're inconvenient. So you learn to exercise the muscle where you put something before your own comfort and convenience. And it's a really beautiful part of being a human being. It does make you a better person, I agree. Yeah, and I just, the only regret I've got now is that I've left it this late. So that's, I think, why I'm going so like hard on it now. So um, yeah, I mean, are you someone who's always had cats or you've always loved cats? Did you have them when you were younger? So my first ever cat was called Coco and my daughter's called Coco. And everyone thinks oh. I call my daughter, she's 13 now. Everyone thinks I called her Coco after Coco Chanel. They're like, oh, Coco. And I'm like, well, no, it's after my first cat. It was just part of our childhood forever and ever. And used to just, my mom, who's wonderful, she would spend hours and hours and hours ironing sheets, you know, and in those days, it was just, you didn't have the mod cons of today. So ironing sheets and she'd fold them and she'd put them on, you know, this hot top and he'd just sit on it. And he was just, he just did all sorts of So that was my first cat. I've loved cats. I love dogs so 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 much that if i'm in their presence i can't help but smile however i don't want that energy in my home and i don't want to be around it too much it's too needy i'm very independent whilst i love my children and i love my cats there we all get on with our stuff and there's enough mum guilt with kids Although my kids are really independent, you know, we all, they've got social life and they've got after school clubs and we do stuff. And then when we're together, we're cuddly and we watch films and all of that's lovely, but everyone gets on with their stuff. Dogs are so intense energetically. When I get home, if I've had a really long day filming and it's been 12 hours and I've given everything of myself, you know, I've tap danced metaphorically in a sprout field for 15 hours, I'm cold, I'm hungry. The idea of getting home, opening the door and having an animal go, oh, where have you been? 
And you can't reason with them. You can't say, I'm really trying to pay the mortgage <laughs> and feed you. I'm doing my best. So I just, cats are the most, in my mind, I, perfect pet. Also, I'm really claustrophobic. I can't bear to be t- locked in anywhere or just, I'm very claustrophobic. So I don't want to have an animal that isn't free roaming. I had my daughter um, wore me down and we got a hamster and I hated every single second of it. It tormented me to see that little hamster chewing at the bars, trying to get out. Um, I just don't like any animal in captivity. I think there's almost no excuse for it, to be honest. I think it's really painful. Um, So cats, my cats can go anywhere they want. So I don't have that guilt that they come home, they're at the house, but it's their free choice. They can go or stay. It's up to them. Um, So yeah, they just have, they have the right energy for me. They're really loving. The Maine Coons are really loving. Except Ruby's obviously not loving, but the Maine Coons are really loving. But they don't hassle me. They're really easy. They're just they're just so low maintenance, but they give you so much. Yeah. What do you do to keep them entertained? Are they quite demanding in that sense, or do they obviously if they go outside, do they tend to need less entertainment? They, um, I mean, they spend so much of their time licking themselves, or as I like to say, treat yourself. They love to treat themselves all day long. They really do. Um, Ruby is a sack of potatoes, so she sits into the bench in the garden and just staring at people house party potters around she's almost always i don't know where she's right now but she's almost always next to me sitting on my laptop sitting on my notebook she just wants love she's such she's such a love monkey and i'm i'm happy to oblige and she puts her little face in your neck and then she just closes her eyes and goes to sleep it's so divine and again the the energy that the cats bring into the house is is calm it's utter calm it's peace it's just so graceful and when they're out in the garden They'll chase flies and butterflies and generally be outside looking stunningly beautiful. And I just love to watch them mooch about. But they're quite moochy. Nikki, you know, um, Jerry was saying there that obviously her cat Ruby's, um, you know, a little bit, well, would you, what would you say? Described her as a, a sack of potatoes or just maybe not the most <laughs> active. Um, is there anything that you can do if you've got a cat that is a little bit more on the... Uh, laid, on the laid back side, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, is, I mean, <laughs> is there anything that you can do to sort of encourage it a little bit more? Because I, I think, you know, all cats got different personalities, aren't they? So there is some that naturally seem to want to play more than others. Definitely. And also, you've got to think about the fact you said she's coming up as about nine years old. You know, as they start to get a little bit more senior, sometimes you need to change the style of like play with them. So whether it's a bit easier, a bit more gentle, but also cats have got different play styles. So some prefer like a game that's up in the air, um, whereas other cats will completely blank that and just ignore you completely unless it's on the floor. And then they want you to move it like suddenly across the floor like a mouse would move and then quiver and dart behind furniture. Whereas most owners, and we've all been guilty of it, we play with cats in their face, but they... They're actually, as we talked about ISO earlier, they're, bit, they're slightly far-sighted, so they can't see that well under 25 centimetres. So stuff in their face, they're a bit like, oh, I can't, can't really see it. Also, no self-respecting mouse goes up to a cat and says, hiya, here I am. <laughs> they want to, yeah. they to run away. Yeah. So, <laughs> my carsy mice. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to yeah. sort of like, yeah, move the toys away from the cat and then get them to get that excitement. She likes a laser on the floor. You're right. She does like a little laser on the floor. I've got this other toy that's like a dome with a springy wire coming out the top and a butterfly. And you put oh, yeah, one. And you put I've got one of them. 
right that, now the black cat can't get enough of that business time can't get enough of that he loves that but the other two don't really care but then yeah ruby likes a laser and um house party she just she likes real things she likes she uh, she loves to catch and eat a fly it's disgusting yeah. to watch it's really disgusting to I think watch many owners would say that was super helpful actually <laughs> uh, watching it and i'm like oh no i don't want to kiss you ever again yeah she loves to eat a fly which is useful um yeah she likes she likes she likes wildlife yeah <laughs> i mean lasers it's interesting you mentioned that because um it is a, a relatively popular toy. What we would recommend is that you end the session of play on a physical toy, like a kicker toy. Have you seen them? They're like a pillow with like a like a fluffy tail thing at the end. And the, the plan is that they can grab it at the front end with their front paws and then they bunny kick with the back legs. Yes. And that's, to, yeah, and that's like, a, so they need to be kind of catch and kill something at the end of play. Yeah, Otherwise, lasers can get a bit frustrating where they can't ever catch the red dot. Yes, very unsatisfying, like cooking food and then someone takes it away at the end. <laughs> you don't get to eat it. I understand that. Yes, okay. That's I complete I know exactly the toy you're talking about. It's a bit scrunchy. Crackle. Yeah, they're probably like different ones available. I've got so. one downstairs, but I've just never thought to give it to her. It's got catnip in it. Yeah, so it's, the one I'm thinking has got really good quality catnip in it and they really tend to like it. Although bear in mind that like about fifty to seventy percent of cats respond to catnip. So not all cats are catnip responders. Yes. Why do they like catnip? And does it, I sometimes wonder that a bit like if you smell food, but you can't eat it, is it frustrating to them? We don't think it's frustrating. It's not hugely understood all the different science about how it responds, you know, and it affects their brain, especially when not all of them do seem to respond. But um, if you were concerned, you could always get the cat mint plant, which is where the catnip oh, comes yeah. from. And you can get that freely available in garden centres. They do trash them though. So my tip oh, for those... <laughs> I know. Yeah. So my tip for those ones is to um, put one of those wire mesh uh, hanging baskets over the top and then let it grow through. Okay. And that way they can only get the top bits that come through and don't trash the whole plant. That's clever. Mine have, um, mine have sat in mine. It's now as flat as a pancake. <laughs> just like to plonk themselves down. The other thing that they like is sometimes if I'm working, so I get really distracted really easily, I burn sandalwood because she gives my hand something to fiddle with. I don't smoke, but it's a, I imagine it's a bit like having that. So I just wing it around. The, the tabby cat, the tabby Maine Coon house party, the love of my life, she cannot get enough of that. She wants to rub it on her face. She wants to sniffle it. Is that a thing? Silver vine wood is a thing. So, but I don't know specifically about sandalwood, but mm. certainly the yeah the silver vine wood. Some cats will really respond to that and rub over it, like you said. What's the like rationale behind it, Nikki? Is it just a? Is it just vary from cat to cat? There's no. Is it? There's no kind of exact science behind it. So it varies from cat to cat. The it's a nepetalactone is the chemical that's found in it, and that's what has the effect on the cats. And they roughly speaking have this kind of like rolling and some will like you know um some of they end up sneezing some will lick it some will chew it um but this kind of slight sort of ecstasy type experience that tends to be quite short-lived and then they're relatively calm afterwards but some what cats do respond differently human equivalent of catnip well everyone always likes to say that it's some form of you know um recreational drugs but again we don't know to be perfectly honest, no one really I mean, knows. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If cats could speak, my job would be so much easier. <laughs> if I had one wish on in the whole earth, it would be that we could talk to animals. Yeah. Do you know what? And I like to be extra cheeky and to say, 
just universal language because then I can speak to all people in all languages as well as yeah. all animals. Like, yeah. Everyone else wants to do flying and invisibility. And I'm like, no, nope, language all the way. Every, everything. I can speak to absolutely everyone and every animal. Teleportation is the biggest misnomer. I think it's not misnomer, but I think it's the biggest waste of that wish because going there is half the fun. If you could just go to Bali straight away, everyone went A, B in Bali. And B, you wouldn't get the anticipation. It's the one I really, I always think, no, nah. people always say, and I think, no. Nah. Much rather yeah, talk to no, my I agree completely. Yeah. And like flying looks like a lot of effort. I think I'd be too knackered to fly. Yeah, I'd much yeah. rather to talk mean. to my cat. You, you absolute horrors for your skin. Cherry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about ridiculous things that you might have done to appease or treat your cat because, listen, all cat owners are guilty of doing it, you know, spending probably way too much money on our cats and making big fusses on the birthdays and treating them at every possible, you know, opportunity so tell us about something ridiculous you've done for your cats i mean i really wanted business time to be one of those cats that i could take around on a lead because he's very calm very calm demeanor and i thought he wouldn't get stressed so i went through a period we went through a period of trying to get him on the lead didn't like that and obviously we've i've bought them the most expensive no i don't do it anymore but when i first got them we bought the most expensive cat food known to man and I don't do that anymore because it's really silly. Yeah. But yeah, like water filters. I mean, and because they're Maine Coons, we're endlessly having to brush them. So they are the most pampered cats. My daughter adores Ruby. I don't want you to think that we neglect her. And I try and give Ruby as, as much love as I can. But but yeah, so expensive, the, the regular stuff, expensive cat food, endless. And my cat should not be allowed in the bed, but occasionally. It's hard to say no though, isn't it? She yeah. is. Yeah. Well, my cat's always <laughs> on the bed <laughs> so nice and cozy i do let her and because i'm not in a relationship right, right now i mean i'm really enjoying it but i know that i'm making a rod for my own back because the minute i you know get with someone i don't think it's good vibes <laughs> i don't know it depends what they're like no, i insisted i had to marry somebody who loved cats so it's That's a good <laughs> it's worked cats... out and we both love cats <laughs> how many cats do you have nikki i have one who's a black cat called kato Kato's a great name. That's sidekick to Pink Panther. It is. It's also uh, somebody from District 1 in Hunger Games. And uh, yeah, other people have said it's Greek mythology, Roman mythology. And yet my husband said he invented the name himself. So yeah, <laughs> All applicable. <laughs> you know, you mentioned there about um, cats on leads and stuff like that. And obviously the cat not really being that keen on it. Is that just down to cats' personalities, Nikki? So I would say that cats are one of those creatures who love to be in control and everything else. So they really like to um, have their own territory and not really be constricted by these things. And it's quite an unnatural thing for a cat. So I think the vast majority of cats really wouldn't cope with being on a lead um, or harness. Um, you can train them to try and get used to it. But again, it depends on the personality. It needs to be done super gradually. And even sometimes when you do that, the cat still just doesn't like it. Mm. The thing is, though, as well, is that it's yeah, but it's it's always done like I think when people do that, it's always from a place of like love because you just want your cat to be safe and you want it to be friend and like do you know what yeah, I mean? So totally. I, I understand why people end up doing it, but like you say, it's just not in the nature, is it? I don't think for a lot of cats. Oh. Well, and it's also it's counterproductive for me. But one of the reasons I love them is that they get on with their own stuff. They're independent. <laughs> they like I like that vibe. That's how I roll. So the lead thing, I, it was slightly just to kind of placate my daughter. who was like, I really want this to happen. And I was like, I don't think it's going to go well, but here's 15 pounds on a harness. Yeah. <laughs> Something oh, else to put in the cupboard that we'll never use again. Oh, uh, yeah. the, cupboard, the cat cupboard. 
I don't even want to look in it. So many bits and bobs and toys and treats and all sorts. Yeah. I've got one of them in the kitchen where you open it and just all manner of like feathers and like balls and things that are like jingling and stuff fall out of it. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh, and the cat doesn't even just it does not even look at it. Like, it's look, it should be the most exciting cupboard ever for the cat. And Ruby's her. like, all oh, right, yeah, you've still got all that stuff, have you? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good that every, every owner needs to have a cat cupboard with all their stuff in it, particularly because it helps with things like toy rotation, because then you can have the toys back in the cupboard and only have certain ones out at a time and then change them regularly to maintain the novelty and the excitement of that toy. That's very mm. true, yes. Um, when we first got the main Coons, there was great excitement from my, my then boyfriend and that we would train the cats to poo in the loo. So there's a kind of cat potty in there. And you can imagine how many times that happened. I mean, that big plastic piece of rubbish has been in there since day one. I don't think anyone, I was like, fine, but you have to do it. You have to train the cats to poo in the loo. It's a trick that I'll enjoy, but it's really high labor. It's a, that's a commitment. Obviously never touched it, not, but I'm glad though, because I think outside's best. Yeah, definitely. And particularly because when they get old and arthritic, if that's the only way that they go to the toilet, they'd really struggle at that point yeah. to use the toilet. That's a really good point. Okay, good. Thank you. You know, when it comes to, you know, cats tend to have favourites, I always think, in households. Um, so how does that go down in your house, Sherry? Well, it's very, very clear. I and House Party are to be wed. Yep. We will elope together and be very happy. For the rest of our lives, she's the best. Um, Business time loved my boyfriend, Carl, because they have the same energy, which makes me feel bad because it's not like he's got weird. He's very cool, very calm. And actually when we broke up, I said to him, you should take business time. So in fact, <clears throat> I say I've got three cats. I actually now very recently have got two. So business time, in fact, is living with Carl because they just have an affinity with each other. You know, um, and business time only wanted to sit on Carl, didn't want to sit on me, not interested, you know, six foot three and like business time's huge, huge cat. And they just, they're, they're a perfect match. They're per very calm, very cool. So that's, uh, that was a good decision. And actually three cats was a bit much for me, you know, in the morning, feeding and in the evening, getting back. Actually, because because one of my cats is now just a sack of potatoes and she's really, she doesn't really bother me and her and my daughter. So Ruby loves my daughter. Those two are peas in a pod. They, she just wants to sit on my daughter's bed and they watch friends together and they eat snacks and it's absolutely adorable. I love so, that. Yeah, it's the cutest all thing. It's a Kids and cats are amazing, yeah. aren't they? Like when they, the relationship between them. Yeah, and, and Ruby Ruby's a different cat when she's with my daughter. She's all snuggly and cuddly and cosy. And then when she's with me, she just sits and stares. She doesn't want to get on the bed. She doesn't want to come on the sofa and hug, hug me. She just stares at me. It's really weird. But she loves my daughter. So we've all got a cat, which is really fun. Do you, do you find that, Nikki? Is that a thing when it's like, you know, a, a cat will often have its favourite if the energy is like mirrored or if it like, you know, almost similar personalities? Is that is that a thing? I think it certainly could be. I think it definitely depends on the individuals involved. But yeah, you do hear that sometimes, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that. I mean, I've always been my cat's favourite. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a cat soulmate thing as well. I think that's like definitely a thing too. Because when um, the reason we've got Ruby is when the first cat I ever got, 
was um yeah about nine it's same and we got ruby and party time at the same time so party time was my first ever cat love because whilst i grew up with coco it's not coco was never my cat so it was never it's not the same because so i went and we bought ruby and party time and we were only going to get one cat but party time was just this like oh i just i got that feeling i got the feeling of love so i was like oh let's get two cats so we went home and party time was the most amazing cat like solidified my cat love unbelievably cool super friendly if i was sitting with my laptop he would sit next to me and his head and if he was here if he was still alive he'd be sitting here you could just see his ears with us all the time and he'd sit at the bench in the kitchen so that when you got in when you got in you just saw his little face and he'd rest his face on the on the kitchen island and he would just sit there he was gorgeous with the kids when they were really little he was just the coolest best most gorgeous cat in the world and unfortunately he died and i have never i never in my wildest dreams thought that you could be that upset about an animal I, did, I just didn't know. I experienced new levels of compassion for people who've lost pets and it and it remains. I remember being at school and someone came back and the girl was cried all day long. And I remember thinking, oh, for God's sake, it's just a dog. And I am so sorry for being so horrible. I didn't say anything out loud, but I remember thinking it. And so I was like, oh, my God, come on. I get it now. I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. I was devastated when Parshanam died. My daughter cried for like four hours. My ex-husband had to come and like take the take the afternoon off work because she was so she was and my daughter's super cool. She never cries. She's like a real get on with stuff. Oh I just can't I just can't I cried for three months like on and off. I couldn't talk about him for three months without crying. I've never known anything like it. I, what, Nikki what what I've like I've had relatives die and not been that bereft. Yeah, and it's really common and it brings up all sorts of different emotions for people, but it's it's really, really normal and common, particularly because it depends on the circumstances. You do have a different relationship towards pets, particularly with the caregiving side. You're, you know, there's that um, level of like, you know, we're having to try and look after them and, and help their welfare, et cetera. People really struggle if it involves euthanasia and having to make that decision. <laughs> which obviously you don't do for relatives um so like I said there's a there's a lot to unpack there um but you're not alone and loads and loads of like cat lovers listening will just be thinking yes that's exactly how I feel and how devastated we were and I was that girl at school who came in crying for weeks when my first cat died because he was my best friend and we did everything together so yeah it's um it's really hard but cats protection has got a bereavement service and it's called pause to listen and it's you know we've got dedicated volunteers who are trained up um to help in this exact scenario and it does make a real difference to talk to someone who gets it i really didn't understand and i i've really thought about it a lot because it hit me so hard and and i because i'd formerly been quite callous about it and i thought that that my relationship with party time was so pure and that in the good times and bad times there's never an argument it's not political and you're also with your cat more than any other living thing you know kids go to school as i work from home a lot so we would hang out a lot and i would watch television and he would sit next to me so your time together is both uncomplicated loving 
I was, it was always a joy to see his little face resting on the kitchen top when he came in, just sitting there, doesn't ask for anything, he's just watching you, and then he'll come and potter about your stuff. It's pure, it's loving, it's joyful. When that energy goes and that love goes, it leaves an absolute chasm yeah. in your life. And, the, and you're right, and then it brings out your maternal side, your your desire to love and care. And I, you know, I felt like I hadn't protected him enough by not give, because he had kidney problems, which unfortunately Tomcats can do. And then found out you can get water fountains that just go on all day. And I, you know, I just, you know, you, I just felt like I'd let, let him down. And, um, and he'd just been so wonderful to us. The reason I called him party time was because my mom is very sweet and very posh. And I wanted her to one day have to walk down the street with a flashlight shouting party time. <laughs> I thought it'd be really funny. And one day party time disappeared. And I said, mom, mom, you've got to come over. I was really upset. I was like, oh, he hasn't been home all day. And he's really, really regular. He's really consistent when it's food time. And, uh, you know, two days passed and she was like, okay, I think it's time to put up the posters. And she got a flashlight and she walked up and down our road shouting because she's so lovely shouting party time and i was like i feel so sad but i'm like living my dream yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway after five days everyone was like he's he's probably he's probably gone and of course in the i was lying in bed just crying one one evening i was like you know when you're watching television but you're also grieving and you're like you can't quite believe it and um it's midnight and he just came in sat on my chest and started purring i was like what? where have you been what time do you call this I'm so, i've been so worried about you i was so happy and angry like a teenager and then, and then the neighbors were like well, when's the party because we heard a woman shouting <laughs> for the past five days that this uh, is party time we've got the Christmas. cherry <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, before we uh, finish part one uh, of uh, cats got your tongue one thing we do on this podcast is uh, we just try and find out how people talk to their cats we're talking like a cat voice because everyone does it don't they what i'll do is for a bit of inspiration before you give us yours um here's one of our previous guests did theirs it's the brilliant owen win evans have a listen oh baby oh she's such a posh girl oh look at the little furry trousers oh she's grown all that fur herself so luxurious <laughs> So that's a wine. That's how he speaks to uh, his wonderful cat. It's amazing. Mine isn't as extra as that, but it's very consistent. And I sometimes think I really should stop doing this because it's get and I can't help it. I can't. When I come in, they often they often hear me on the gravel up to my front door. So they're often waiting at the on at the front door. I come and I go, hello everyone, hello everyone. Right. So this is the plan. I'm going to we're going to put the news on, and then I'm going to make. Um, get you some food and I run them through the evening's plans <laughs> it's so and also my, my cat is called house party but her nickname is bush bush I don't know why I don't know why so we don't really even call her house party we call her bush bush and I will do this really weird kind of just awful baby voice where I go bush bush and then I, and I just say weird things it's so embarrassing no, it's we not, need to honestly, hear the weird things as well yeah, oh. but this is the this is the place where it doesn't need to be embarrassing because I do exactly the same things what do you I do can you help me give me an give yeah. me when I know what you do yeah so obviously my cat's called Ruby and then that became Rubes and then I was typing Rubes on in, in the text once and it became Tubes because it all corrected to Tubes so I now call her Tube it makes no sense like but other cat people know that this is a thing and yeah, kind of develops. So I just go like, 
Jimsy, Jimsy. Oh, right, he's so embarrassed. He's not embarrassed. He's so embarrassing. You know Actually, no, what, Sherry? I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed about it. Oh, claim it. Yeah. Claim it. I'm owning yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know um, I always, I joke about being crazy cat lady, but I actually really reject that label because I think it makes me very sane. You know, I'm very self-sufficient. I am independent financially, thankfully. And um, I'm just doing my thing and the cats are part of my life. And there's, this is what I tell myself when I come in and I go, all right, how is everyone? Right, this is what we're doing tonight. We're going to, first of all, because I worry that they think that I'm not going to get around to feeding them first, but there's other things I need to do. It's definitely like, more Destiny's Jerry. Child independent woman, I think. Yeah. 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 Right, so this is, what, this is what the plan is. Right, so. It's, it's totally normal in the world of cats, believe <laughs> totally. me. I think that's a great way to end part one. Uh, Cherry's going to be staying with us. And next on Cats Got Your Tongue, we're going to be going through your cat dilemmas in your cat's tales. Now on Cats Got Your Tongue, it's time for your Cats Tales. This is essentially where we get to hear from you with your dilemmas and your stories and your questions that you might have uh, about cats. Don't forget, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can pod at cats.org.uk. Uh, so, Cherry, let's start with you. Have you got a, like a, a cat's tale or something you might want to ask, a bit of a, a dilemma or just, just a general sort of story about your cat that you might want Nikki to uh, help out with? Um, my constant issue with the cats i don't know if this is fixable but it's it's just there because their fur is so long it gets really matted and i wondered if there is something clever that i'm if there's a trick that i'm missing because i don't have time to brush them all the time and i do travel for work and you can't ask the cat sitter to, to sit and brush cats for hours is there like a lotion an ointment something or because every so often i have to take them to the groomers and finding a cat groomer is like gold dust it doesn't really happen and if you do find someone it's like a hundred pounds a pot what am i doing wrong why are they constantly got leaves and dreadlocks <laughs> i think it's because of the nature of their actual fur itself you know obviously it's really long it's like you say it looks like kind of luxurious very thin very fine as well so they will any sort of long-haired breed cat will naturally collect leaves everything like that and it's good that they have the outdoor access to having that you know really fulfilled life um I think in your situation, what I would do is I'd get some really keen teenager to come over and 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 in, have that sort of mutual relationship of really enjoying fussing your cats and grooming them. Show them obviously how to do it and how your cats like to be groomed. But then equally, it's it's easier on the cat care side of things. Yes. So that's yeah, that's the way I would do it. There's also different grooming tools available. So um, some will be better suited to those coats and also that they will take up the fur um, more thoroughly and quicker. So okay. that would help too. I, I've got one because my my cat's semi long haired, and I've got um, a grooming tool called the Furminator. I was literally just about to say, I wasn't have, sure what the name I've used Have you heard it? Have you used it? <laughs> oh my gosh, no! What what is that? It's not as intimidating as it sounds. <laughs> but it's um, a cool name. It's, <laughs> it's a very cool Excellent. name. Yeah, and again, you know, like when I said that to my mates were quite impressed by that. When I told them what it was, they were like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, but basically, I think it, when you brush your cat, it takes out the sort of the undercoat, I think. That's yeah, what it is. So, uh, but funny. but it is it is quite good for the uh, semi-long-haired and I imagine uh, long-haired cats. So, um, yeah, I mean, my cat, she absolutely hates being brushed. So I have a very similar problem there to what you have with, with yours, Cherry. So, yeah, normally the groomer does it, but I try and keep on top of it. Once every time it go, she goes to the groomers, I come back and like, right, I'll keep on top of like, it. Yeah, me too. That's what yeah. I do. I'm like, here we go. Yeah, and I do. And then I'm like, I turn my back for two minutes and suddenly there's, there's another yeah. knot. And I'm like, Ugh. 
Yeah. That's exactly yeah. the same. And then you've got to get, sometimes you've got to get the scissors if the knot's really, because it's, it's, unco- it's uncomfortable for them, the knots. It is. In the same way that, like, if you had a really tight ponytail in your hair and you had that for a, just to live with, basically, you know, day in, day out, it just really pulls on the scalp and on the mm-hmm. skin. So it's really, yeah, uncomfortable for them. And it's fine if you're, if it's safe to do so, it is fine to take the scissors as long as you don't, it's not too yeah. close to the skin. Yeah. You think shaving them is all right? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I used to work in vet practice as a nurse and we've had to shave quite a few cats. So it depends on the cat as to whether you do it um, completely conscious. Some cats require sedation or even a full general anesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely worth doing if they've got to that point where they're so fully matted that they do need the mats removed. Okay. So, Thank you. Well, all right. Lovely. We're going to go to our uh, next cat's tale, which comes uh, from Mari. Okay, so I have three cats, one older girl, one kind of not so older boy and one very young boy. Now, I had I had the girl first and then the, the I got one of the boys and they're okay. And then I got the younger kitten and they all kind of tolerate each other. But my older girl, and whether it's not because she's just a grumpy old woman or not, I'm not sure, but she just has to be looked at and then she starts to growl. She growls when she's walking past. She growls when they're looking at her. She growls when she wants to jump somewhere. They just don't get on at all. On occasion, they will all sleep in one room on different areas, which is fine. So they just tolerate each other. But is there anything else that I can do to maybe get them to to like each other a bit more? They don't snuggle. They don't sleep together. They don't anything. And like I said, two boys sometimes have a fight. The, The younger one goes for the older one and it just keeps happening and happening. And it's like a big, vicious circle. So it sounds like there's quite a houseful there, uh, Nikki. Um, And it might seem like an obvious answer, but, you know, why do cats growl and and what can we do to help them socialise better and, you know, try to counteract the behaviour that was described there? So um, growling is almost always a negative type behaviour and expressing that that something's not right in their world. Um, So when she's saying that they're all growling, like that does sound like it's... um, it, they're really not coping with each other. Um, she mentions that the girl is older. She doesn't say how old, but first of all, I always recommend getting a vet check, particularly even more so because she's older. Because whether she mentions, you know, it might be a grumpy old lady. Um, that's probably not really the case. And she could have an underlying medical issue. One of the most common being arthritis. It's really, really underdiagnosed in cats because cats hide pain and hide stress and hide everything. So um, it could well be that. And then I would look down the behavioural route from there and to really look, assess those relationships, look at the resource placement in the home. Because she did say about them coming together at some times, what many owners do, and I understand why, but we, because we all eat together, we think, oh, I'll have the cats all eat together. So I'd have the cats resources put all separately around the house. So this female cat doesn't have to come into close contact with this other cat or the other two. And also do things like increase the territory by putting more vertical space in so for example more sh- cat shelves and things like that um so that they've got 3d space and it you know opens up how much they've got if the female is arthritic then this is probably going to be more useful for perhaps the younger boys um but yeah there's a lot to unpack there and i'd certainly say she probably needs to go get a vet check and then go see a qualified behaviorist from the animal behavior and training council yeah and is it is it called like uh catification of the house the people sometimes <laughs> refer it to, to that you know when you start putting more things around your house for your cats to kind of explore 
I don't know if I've made that word up. Or, I mean, it's, <laughs> that, it sounds like it's... I'm sure I've heard that. I don't think it's an yeah. official word, but yeah, yeah, cat, yeah. catify your definitely. house. Definitely. Yeah, you want to catify your house for sure, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and so the golden rule is one resource per cat plus one extra because cats aren't really known to share. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and that does mean if you've got like eight cats, we do need nine food bowls and nine water bowls. So, mm. and then all just carefully spaced out around the house. One thing that's really useful for owners to do, and it's really hard when you live with cats day in day out to really see what's right under your nose. So if you draw a house plan, and it doesn't have to be grand designs, but just draw out the house plan roughly and then mark on the territories of all the different cats and where they tend to hang out. From there, you can see where each cat's resources need to be placed. And it, generally speaking, you need at least a set upstairs and a set downstairs. Do, do your cats get on cherry? Have you had anything similar to that? <laughs> um. Business time and house party got on really well because of brother and sister and they they evolved at the same time. Whereas Ruby's not, then it's really dependent on the day and on her mood, but she wants to be left alone mainly. Right, we're gonna, we've got a couple more questions, a couple more cat's tales. Uh, our next one comes from Hannah and she says, uh, Hi Adam, uh, my two cats, Poppy and Marley, often bring home presents for us. Marley often brings home birds, mice, etc. Poppy is a little bit more of an eco-warrior and brings home bits of plastic, crisp packets, sponges, ribbons, etc. Um, so when it comes to like, cats bringing back gifts how do they choose what they bring back nikki is there any again is there any sort of rationale behind that or is it completely random is it like oh that looks like interesting let's take that back for my mum and dad <laughs> well the the first thing to think about here is it and i really struggle with this one because like as to whether to say what's really going on because everyone says it's presents and it's hard because everyone tolerates it because they're like oh it's a gift and therefore like oh I, you know i don't like bringing back prey but it's a gift it's not a gift I'm really sorry. Oh, it's really? not about you. It's um, the house is the core territory, most generally speaking. So they bring it back to where it's safe. Did you hear the disappointment then? Me and, both me and Cherry oh. were like, what? It's not a present. I know. Like I say, this is why I'm like, really reluctant to be like, burst that bubble. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a gift. Um, I, I couldn't, I'm, I will say this right now, I couldn't tolerate, I couldn't cope with a cat that brought me gifts. I am... Pr Oh, I, if uh, business time once bought a mouse in and I had to get my lovely neighbor to come and take it away. Um, I just can't, I just couldn't cope with that. And my poor neighbor has got a cat that brings him or, or, or destroys, maims all sorts. And he's having to clear stuff up all the time. I couldn't, I, I just, it's not the life I want. No, I, I, I couldn't. Couldn't deal with that. No, the good news is though, there is lots of things that cat owners can do because I think a lot of us are in the same boat of like we love cats, but we also love wildlife. Mm. I certainly do. And um, so what we'd recommend is like getting a cat neutered, um, particularly to try and reduce overpopulation across you know the UK. Um, making sure the cats stay in during dawn and dusk, which is when prey species tend to be most active. And there's recent research to show that if you do um, a bit of fishing rod toy play several times a day, and it only needs to be for a few minutes. It's been scientifically you know, shown to help reduce predation. So that's really cool. Yeah, And it's super fun as well. So we've got our final cat's tale, uh, which comes from social media stars, Max and Harvey. Uh, and we spoke to them about their cats recently, Curly and Pingu, who have got very different personalities. Let's have a listen. Favourite, oh, do you know what? Curly is amazing. He is absolutely up for sort of anything. He'll sit on your shoulder. He's a very cuddly cat. I've actually done a workout with him. I was doing press-ups and he was just sat on my back as a weight, genuinely just chilling. Pingu, not so much. I don't, she, she's not, she's not very, she does like love a cuddle and whatnot, but she's not as 
sort of lazy as Curly is, basically. He'll just sit on you. That's one of those examples of a cat just making a, a, a really sort of nonsensical decision. Do you know what I mean? When they just go, I'm going to sit here. And you think, why have you done that? Yeah. What, what's, what, 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 what's your they, thought process? How they, love if they love to sit on computer. You know, if you're doing yeah. something, if they will sit on the thing, you're, if you're reading a paper, if you're on your laptop, if you're wearing a notebook, they'll sit on that. What is that about? I think it is just a form of attention seeking because our attention is, is directed towards something else. In the same way that if, you know, back in the day used to be on a phone with a cord, they'd come along and ping with the cord. So they just really want your attention at that point. And the trick is, which is hard, is to give them regular bits of attention throughout the day. And so, so they get it regularly and it's sort of always, almost scheduled if you like. So they know it's coming and they're less likely to come and harass you on a laptop then. We also know other people have actually set up cat stations oh. next to the computer. And as um, you know, we've got winter and autumn coming, what we can do is um, put up ones with that's got uh, like a heat pad underneath because you think your laptops are quite warm. So you want to yeah. replicate that over here uh, <laughs> so they can yeah. get somewhere warm and snugly. It's, it's still in your presence, but just not on your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it when they do it really because you feel, uh, I love that interaction with them where they look at you and think, you're not doing work, you're going to cuddle me. Exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's oh, always what? like fake, like, and it goes, oh, you're on the laptop again. I'm thinking, oh, I love it really. This is brilliant. I love the fact you've come over to me and given me attention. <laughs> okay, that was our final uh, Cat's Tale. That's it for this week on Cat's Got Your Tongue in association with Cat's Protection. Thank you so much, Cherry Healy, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was a joy, a privilege. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully you've managed to get all your sort of, you know, cat-related stories out. Uh, you don't need totally. to share them with other people. I'm done, at your I'm done for like a whole day. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. Thanks, Cherry. Thanks, Nikki, again, as always, for joining us. Thank you. And uh, don't forget, if you uh, want to get involved and send us any of your dilemmas, your cat's tales you can do, just give us a shout, pod at cats.org.uk. And for more details about all the things we've been speaking about and uh, more advice on cats, you can get yourself to cats.org.uk. Remember to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode and we'll see you next time on Cats Got Your Tongue. 